This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 69. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Jan Dembowski. Jan has been volunteering with the WordPress support team for the past 12 years. He works for OpenDNS as a systems engineer where he helps the sales team. He is learning to master 3D printing and enjoys the occasional coffee. Hi, Jan. Welcome. Oh, boy. That's like saying uh, Einstein liked math. I definitely enjoy the occasional coffee. Mm. <laughs> Welcome. We're really glad that you're here, Jan. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, including I'm going to ask you to, to talk about coffee because you have one of the more interesting Twitter, I don't know if it's your Twitter handle or whatever the Twitter, Twitter title is, your name that has to do with coffee. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that, too. Sure. So my uh, Twitter handle is, do you remember when the um, Twitter let you expand what you can put in as your name to something like, you know, 50 characters? And most people put something representative, like, you know, certain goose steppers are bad, uh, you you know, funny things like that. I put down in mine with um, Jan, I think I put in uh, quotation marks, coffee is the best, coffee is the greatest. As far as I can, I actually like figured, okay, I put in my name and I kept spacing it out until it said, okay, you can't type anymore. I said, okay, take off a few characters. I, I'm looking there. at it. It's Jan, such coffee, so good, respect coffee, Jim Bowser. Exactly. Co- coffee is your friend and it should be respected in our lifetime. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Thank, Thank you for you. that. Now You're you here. You're here. About yourself other than your Twitter name. So um, I'm a volunteer for the WordPress support team. And um, essentially, I have this routine uh, where I wake up at uh, Jeepers just before 530 in the morning and not fully conscious. My routine entails uh, walking down to, and please don't hate me, the K-Cup machine, loading up and getting uh, an eight-ounce cup of whatever I have. Um, I, at that point, I'm not even looking, it's just on the pile. I put it in and I get my coffee Then I sit down at the computer, log into the forums and I start, uh, while not fully awake, um, going through and doing, you know, day to day stuff, clearing the spam queue. Um, we have, uh, another queue called pending queue, which sometimes, you know, you type in a lot of links and the forum goes, we're not, we don't think that's spam, but uh, somebody should look at this first. So uh, that's my uh, morning routine. I think that it goes for like 45 minutes. I try not to answer any topics at that time because uh, complete sentences are not really a thing I can do at that particular hour. You know, as you, if you ever follow me on Twitter and, you know, in the background, I'll have the news playing and I'll just type something. Someone said something horrific or irksome on uh, the news and I'll type it there and then later on I'll be like oh my gosh my mother was a gra- uh, sixth grade grammar teacher she must be ashamed of my grammar and spelling and punctuation you know <laughs> I, I bring dishonor to my family <laughs> that's it that's a pretty uh, severe morning routine jumping into WordPress support that 
right when you roll out of bed. How does one get involved to that level? You you, you don't work for automatic. You're a volunteer. Nope. Is that right? So uh, yeah, that's yeah. correct. So what's the um, What's the process for vetting you? I mean, what's how how does that work? You've been there a long time, so they obviously trust you to do that. But what does it take for one to become a volunteer? So really, it's uh, pretty simple. Um, in the different teams that uh, WordPress has, um, plugins, community, um, we have a marketing team. Wow, you guys probably know about that. Um, documentation. Support really is the um, easiest one to get involved because it's, it's frankly low-hanging fruit. You log into the forums and you start by looking at things that particularly interest you. We have a section called Fixing WordPress where um, you know people will be like, hey, I woke up one morning and um, I installed a plugin and I can't get into my WordPress. I get this error message. Here's the error message. That might be something that you've encountered or you recognize the error message and you could just type into um, the white text box just whatever steps that you feel could help um, them get through it. Like it, that could be something simple like, you know, um, I updated uh, a Kismet and now it's telling me error messages. Okay. Um, you type a message to them in reply saying, hey, go into cPanel. You do have cPanel, I hope. And uh, locate, you know, WP content plugins in Akismet and just delete the Akismet directory. Don't delete anything else. Delete that directory. And shortly after that, if, you know, the, the problem is live and they're looking for help, you may get a reply from them saying, hey, that's fantastic. I can get into my WordPress installation. And hopefully they'll pre present some more information that you can try to figure out why that particular plugin caught fire. Maybe it was lacking a de uh, dependency. Kismet's a bad example because that generally works with everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, for example, image uh, plugins. I had this one plugin that um, I forgot what it was, but the developer um, had a dependency on curl. I'm a huge believer of the WordPress HTTP API. Because it'll just figure it out. You know, if you have curl, oh, it'll use it. If you don't, it'll just do what it has to do to get your, um, you know, web page or whatever it is you're downloading an RSS feed. Um, I took it off and my installation broke. Now, I've got a lot of experience in sysadmin. So, okay, I looked at what the error message was. I put the, you know, curl module back. But shortly after that, I got another plugin because I really don't like curl. Almost okay. as much as I don't like that other thing called sock puppets. That's a whole different talk. <laughs> well, that might even be a whole different podcast. That might. Yeah, and we're getting, we're getting over my technical head already, so I'm going to bring it back to this question. So, um, And it relates to what you're describing, that anybody can sort of jump in and do that. And um, mm -hmm. I, I've gone to some happiness bars or whatever they're called at um, my own – meetup or at WordCamps, and I've often wondered how that process works because I did see once where somebody was volunteering to help and crashed somebody's site horribly and caused a problem. So what I guess my question is going back to, like, what is the, how does that work? What's the process for vetting that so that people who are stepping in to help actually know how to help? So, um, it's a little bit different in, in the forums because it's 
since in the forums you don't really access folks, you know, you're making suggestions. And if you're really done this for a long time, you may couch that with, um, hey, make sure you have a backup. Make sure you know how to restore it in case uh, something uh, acts up or, or something. When you have a, a happiness uh, bar situation, there probably is going to be somebody nearby at the happiness bar who could like get involved and go, ooh, that, that wasn't supposed to happen. Here, let me help you get out of that mess. Because, you know, th things do happen. Um, sometimes you'll get a situation where somebody did something and it had unintended consequences. The nice thing about um, a happiness bar lounge tech support table is that there's almost certainly going to be somebody there who might be a little more along the lines of technical support and can help you right there get you out of the hole. There's not really a lot of vetting. Um, most of the time, I think we're particularly lucky because the people who volunteer, um, I don't want to say they're known, they're known to somebody. Like like when you're at WordCamp US, we had volunteers for, um, we, Yoast, sent a bunch of people, you know, Taco uh, sent some folks. I think Taco even helped at uh, one time. People that they have a reputation in the community, you know them in the forums, right. you know them on Slack. So that, that kind sense. of helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, occasionally we do get someone who just out of the blue wants to help. But again, there's other volunteers who, if they get into the deep end of the pool, can help them out. Okay. Thanks for explaining that. Cool. It's an incredible amount of work that the volunteers do. I was involved with the team for a period of time before I got more involved in community efforts. And it's, there's a, there's a team of, of very hardworking people who give a lot of time and energy and thought into keeping the forums moving forward and to actually be a valuable place to get information. I think, you know, the internet's been around long enough. We've all been on enough forums to know that some of them are just where knowledge goes to die. And, sure. and, and the, the .org, the WordPress.org forums are hugely valuable. So uh, just a little shout Thank out you. to my <laughs> colleagues for, for all the work on that. That's, uh, that's unsung work, right? No. Very rarely do the support say job well done, aside from a very short one-line comment. So thank you very much for all you do there. That, that's, uh, I, I really appreciate that. I, I know the rest of the support team will appreciate that too. Yeah. It must be rewarding to help people too. I think if you to solve people's it, problems, they're usually very grateful and excited about that. Especially when you go a little bit out of your comfort level. Um, I'm kind of fortunate that I can spell CSS. But, you know, some, sometimes, like, um, I was at WordCamp uh, uh, New York City at the Contributor Day, and um, I had this very nice uh, attendee help me out, and somebody posted a question. I'm pretty sure I knew that it was a margin. They wanted to, like, do a little padding on uh, a graphic in their header, and, I'm, you know, I said, hey, how's your CSS? She goes, well, pretty good. And I said, well, I think it's this. And she goes, oh, yeah, load that up in the inspector and then type this. And I said, hey, that, that, thank you. I, you know, that confirmed that I'm not totally messing it up. And she, I typed in the reply and she looked at it and she goes, well, you know what? Don't have them do that by 10 PX. Have them do it by five and, and type in something in there that, to increment that to see if they like it. And a few minutes later, we got a reply from the uh, topic poster that essentially said, um, 
that was perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. And I'm, and I, I replied back to that one saying, fantastic. Um, it was really the person next to me, but you know, it, when, when you go out of your comfort zone, it's really gratifying, especially when you help somebody who, um, you help them out and they learn something and you learn something. That's very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. A success, if you will, in the support forum world. And speaking of success, I'm going to segue into one of our signature questions, Jan. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you to define success. What does success mean to you? What is your definition of success? And that can be a personal definition, a professional definition, maybe a mixture of both. How do you define success? Success really is, um, to me, success is about growth. So, you know, when we start out, um, um, I, I used to be in a, now I'm in a completely different role, um, but I used to be in a role where uh, I worked for companies and I deployed uh, network kit, I deployed security solutions, and success was um, usually measured not burning down the house. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we, we put something out on the weekend. We got on the call to monitor at seven o'clock on Monday and nobody joined the call. Hey, that was successful because, you know, happy people don't join call, calls for things like that. Um, but the reason I say it's growth is because as I got older and more experienced, um, uh, I was given more opportunities. Um, I've been very lucky that I've almost always worked for somebody that I liked or admired, um, that I had a good relationship with. Um, a, a few years ago, you know, my uh, then manager, uh, you know, said, hey, we're looking for somebody to run the, the group that you work in. And, and I'm just like, oh, do you want me to get you applicants? And he goes, no, smarty. I mean you. I'm like really, and and we talked about it. We talked about what it entailed, and you know he let me think about it. And uh, over a weekend, I uh, came back on Monday, and I said, you know, that actually sounds pretty cool to you know get a little bit behind the scenes. And he he's like, you're still going to have to do the heavy lifting. I'm like, yeah, I know, yeah. I know who I'm talking to, but um, it, it was really uh, great for like three years. I got to manage. Not a terribly big group. I think we had um, at one time eight different people. Um, mm -hmm. Some parts of it I wasn't particularly thrilled with because um, it turns out they really do. You know, my boss was essentially, um, "That's great. Now you get to do the performance reviews." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're horrible. Yeah, don't be late. They're, they're due on the fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, growth, if you're growing, if you're challenging yourself, um, you know, you're, you're going to have setbacks cause we're all sure. human. Sure. Um, but as long as you're moving forward that's not a bad definition of successful in my book. Yeah. yeah I like it that can be scary. It can be scary though, you know, cause especially when you do new things, you every now and then, you know, our community is really, um, has a good understanding of imposter syndrome. Uh, every now and then that happens to all of us, including myself, where I'll be just like, wow, I, I wonder if anyone's going to catch on that I'm just like making this up as I go along. So yes, imposter syndrome, that probably keeps people from volunteering sometimes because they're afraid that they don't know how to help people. 
Um, so I guess in terms of growth, probably you experience a lot of growth in your capacity as a support person. But we've talked a lot about sports. I don't want to um, go back down there. I want to hear a little bit more about other ways that you challenge yourself um, to grow. So um, the, you know, it's kind of funny. The support thing uh, for me in WordPress actually started out as um, therapeutic exercise. One of the nice things about challenging myself to provide support in the forums is um, I found that because, you know, you're very limited in what you can do and type. It's not like a Word document. You literally only have text. You get a little HTML. You can, like, bold and italicize things and not really much else. Um, as a result of uh, providing support in the forums, I found that I became a better at writing emails and technical documents and whatnot. Because, you know, you get the support uh, forum posts basically forces you to be concise and whenever possible precise. And if you're in an engineering uh, group for a company, um, that's a very valuable capability to be able to you know, just get to it. Um, like, like a lot of uh, technical uh, folks, you don't really have to read all my email because the first two, one or two sentences will tell you what you need to know. If you want to read the rest of it, you know, fantastic. They'll give you the backup. But, you know, the house didn't catch fire. And then you go on about what happened. Well, maybe the house did catch fire. There was a flood in the basement. Start with that and then go into the back uh, details. It, that's much like replying to a uh, support forum. <laughs> Uh, post somebody has a problem um you know walk them through what they have to do and as concisely as you can and you know don't be afraid to make mistakes because everyone does you know i i don't try to not make mistakes i this would sound weird i try to make new mistakes mm. so not repeating the same ones is what you yeah mean. i get a little yeah. disappointed when i re repeat them of course i do but, right. you know, I, I try. I really try not to. Yeah. Well, and like you said, communication is, is a very important way to grow. And sometimes it's, we do make the same mistakes in communicating poorly. So that's something to always work on. Yeah, and you've talked about um, working for OpenDNS. Mm -hmm. So... Basically, um, a few years ago, six years ago, a little before my time at, at the company, they had this really uh, great idea. Hey, what if you, when you wanted to inadvertently click on, say, a link to a phishing site, instead of giving the IP address of a phishing site, we gave you the IP address of a blog page that said, that's a bad place to go. I mean, you kind of see that with search engine hits. You know, you ever go to a uh, link and you get the red screen of this is not a good idea. Do you want to proceed or not? Um, they really, you know, as a company, they decided to do that with DNS for a couple of reasons. Um, it's really fast. You know, um, instead of going someplace, downloading a bunch of stuff, having it like interrogated by your PC, your fan, go, you know, laptop gets real hot and stuff like that. Hey, we'll just, you know, we have real good uh, reason to believe that's a bad site. And, you know, we'll block it for you. 
and it's very fast and it's very efficient. So is that a subscription service and say a company might say, pay you a monthly fee to any links that people click on from within their systems or networks? So this is one of the things that appeals to me. If you're a regular person at home, um, I always recommend that people, you know, put this on their um, grandparents' computers, you know, because, I, I, and I'm not being judgmental, please, anyone listening to this, don't hate me. You know, I'm, I'm not making fun of senior citizens or anything like that. But, you know, people don't know. They click on a link they got in the email, and bad things have, have happened to them. Um, OpenDNS is free for uh, users at home. You know, you sign up for it. You run a, a little agent that just tells, you know, OpenDNS, this is Liam. Um, you know, it's an IP updater because Fios or whatever you have will change an IP address from time to time. Sure. And um, you'll get protected. It's really uh, that simple. I think we've got like uh, 90 million users and the majority of them actually free users at home being protected as a public service. Now, if you're a company, then yes, we actually have a uh, enterprise version. It's very effective. Um, it works. And, you know, part of my job is to support the company that sells that particular service. So that's really interesting that that a company like, and I know very little about Cisco as a company, and I'm not denigrating them, but it strikes me as an interesting business model, and I wonder if it's uh, reflective of the changing internet-based economy where I'm on their website now as I'm chatting with you, Jan, that the, the basic home user variations that they offer are free. And is that new to something like a, like a Cisco, that kind of approach? That's really interesting. So um, the answer is yes and no, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. So OpenDNS was some, an idea that came up outside of Cisco, and it really worked well with Cisco's model of where they wanted to go as a company. So, you know, that, that's cool. They're, they're actually very responsible. I really like working for them. Um, with, um, have you ever heard of Snort? Um, you know, they have a little pig, and they sniff packets on the network and stuff like that. It's a very secure, you know, there's a company called Sourcefire. And like OpenDNS, um, Cisco purchased uh, Sourcefire, an open source company. And um, here's where it gets really interesting in my mind. They do um, security intelligence. They um, look up threats. They identify threats. They write about threats. They write about how to mitigate threats. And the best part is, they don't just do that for their customers. They do that for the entire internet. Um, there's a group out there called uh, Talos Intelligence, T-A-L-O-S Intelligence. Um, they're primarily, uh, the, um, in, the folks working there in security are primarily all veterans. Um, they're fantastic. I, you know, I had an opportunity to meet uh, one of the people in Annapolis who manages a, a group of them at that location. And they're really cool. I mean, they identify threats and they protect users all around the world. And again, that's not just something they do for Cisco customers. They do it for everybody. Um, it, that was kind of, you know, after the company that I ended up working for, um, they would be like number two on my list to go work for. But to be perfectly honest, I just don't think I have the uh, security or programming chops to pull that off. I mean, they're, you know, I don't want to say hardcore, but they really are. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Let me, let me, let me swing around to one of our other questions here and ask you about advice. And the question is this, what is the single most valuable piece of advice that you have ever received and implemented in your life? So what's some advice that somebody has shared with you that's really made a significant difference to your life? Oh boy. I can see why you, you say you're not going to make me cry. So, um, Hmm. I, I've been lucky growing up that, um, you know, fortunate that I have a, a lot of, um, I guess role models, you know, you don't think of your family members as role models. Uh, it's, it's only later on that, you, you know, after they're, they're gone or something, you're just like, Oh my gosh, you know, um, yeah, you, know, you spend most of your young life getting mad at them for not letting you do exactly what you want. And then later you're grateful that they didn't let you do exactly what you want. Exactly. Um, I, I think the best advice I, uh, ever had, was um, my grandmother on um, my mother's side. She basically was very clear that, um, you know, never be ashamed of who you are. Um, if you make a mistake, own it and, you know, apologize for it, take responsibility for it. Um, and um, stand up for yourself. You know, very simple advice. But, you know, when you're a, a, a gawky nerd, growing up and whatnot, and you, 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 you know, you can count your friends who are also nerds that kind of help too. Um, that, that's actually pretty good advice. You know, um, I've got high schoolers and, you know, I'm, I'm, I think they're pretty confident, you know, maybe I should check on them every now and then. Um, but, um, you, you know, there was just, for me growing up, there was this idea that if you're a teenager or you're pre-teenager, you are by default doing something wrong, which um, looking back wasn't necessarily incorrect, but um, it, it was particularly good advice from both my grandmothers to, you know, stand up uh, for yourself and take that seriously. You know, have a good time, be yourself, and uh, don't take anything from people that you didn't particularly earn. Yeah, I think what you're there's a there's sort of two sides to what you're saying because you talked about when you make a mistake own it and also stand up for yourself so that means really being honest about um when you need to own it and when you need to not own it right do you think that that advice meant something to you when you were younger when you first heard it when you talk about your high schoolers i think about high schoolers more as thinking that they know way more than you <laughs> and i don't know is that advice that has settled in with you and meant more as you've gotten older or did it strike a chord with you when you were first heard it so um at the time, it didn't quite strike a chord with me when I first heard it, because um, like a, a lot of uh, kids that age, I just by default thought I was smarter than everybody else. I, I, I didn't really realize that that was something you had to earn. You know, you, you just didn't get recognition for showing up. There's a um, social commentary there about a certain 
you know, <laughs> our society today, I'm sure, but that could get kind of long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving so, on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, as I got older, I think it, you know, I, I look back at both my grandmothers and um, I'm kind of retrospect looking back, I'm in awe how smart they were and how, how they, I, I, you never think it, you know, when you're growing up, but they really had it together and I was the beneficiary of that. That's wonderful. Like yeah. Yeah. It's, I think when we get to this point in our lives, as we look at those types of things, we wish that we could make our kids aware of it now so they don't realize it too late as well, but that's just does not work. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't. Um, yeah. But that's, I really appreciate your sharing with that with us and telling us a little bit about your grandmothers. They sound like they were strong and uh, strong women who left a good impression behind. They were pretty, my, one of my grandmothers was, I think all of in heels five feet tall and, uh, she taught me how to punch and she gave me a bloody lip by accident. She, she, felt, she felt really bad about it. Like, That's going to go well. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's really neat. That is really neat. Um, Jan, let, let me use up just the last few minutes that we have because you've talked about growth and you've talked about this great advice that your grandmother shared about, you know, be who you are and own your mistakes and don't take things off of people that you shouldn't respect yourself. With all this kind of around us, can you share with us what's been your biggest challenge to date? What's been your biggest challenge? And maybe touch on a little bit if it's ongoing, how are you dealing with it or how did you deal with it? How did you overcome it? Um, I think the biggest challenge is um, getting out of habits, if that makes sense, getting out of ruts. Um, so I, I worked in a particular uh, industry for, wow, 19 years. And about, say, well, about a year and a half ago, maybe not quite that, that long, um, I completely changed jobs into a brand new career. Um, that was a bit of a, a hurdle for me to get over. I mean, first I had to like work up the nerve to even apply for it. And, you know, the more I, I did the interviews and the more I talked and as it got closer and closer to them making me an offer, I realized that um, I really wanted to start something brand new. So the biggest hurdle was, um, listening to everybody else saying, hey, you, you can actually do this. There's no reason you, to think you can't do this. And actually uh, walking across the threshold, accepting an offer. And um, working with the company that I work for uh, now, um, it's been, I don't know, let's say 14 months. And I've had a fun time doing challenging things. I'm, I'm able to flex skills that um, I never really had to focus on. On. I mean, I'm, I'm getting into writing like Python scripts to blow things up and, and process <laughs> and stuff like that. Thing, things that I used to just take for granted um, and never really had to, to do. And now, um, you know, I've got coworkers who are like, hey, we, we need to parse like jeepers, gigabytes and gigabytes of logs and get stuff out of it. You know, can you take a look at it? Sure, just 
you know, upload that up onto our favorite cloud-based, uh, you know, uh, file storage medium, and I'll download it, and I do. And I get paid to help people uh, do that to get their goals, and that's pretty cool. And a couple of years ago, I would never have thought or entertained the idea that that was something I could do, let alone do it in a way that people depend on me to actually do this thing. So, um, yeah, it's the biggest hurdle is just continually reminding myself that, you know, um, back to imposter syndrome, this actually is something I can do. Um, in the last game that I had, um, you know, hold on. I was a rock star. You know, I, I was the guy you called to um, shut down a 17-hour outage call, and I did. Now I'm doing something completely different, and I'm not a rock star. Um, I am fortunate to work with people who do the job amazingly well. I'm in awe of how well they do it. Um, it it's great it, just to be able to start over and get out of that comfort zone and do brand new things, and I'm really having a great time with it. That's my Yeah. Success is growth. Success is growth. Yeah. I, I actually quite believe that. It also helps that I have grown ups around me who, in my <laughs> life, who, who tell me things like, you know, this is going to be okay. Yeah. Even if it doesn't yeah. work out, it, it's still going to be okay. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap it up. We are, we are on time here. Jan, before we say goodbye to you, can you share where people can find you online and interact with you? So, um, one of the easiest ways is my Twitter handle. Uh, it's spelled Jan, uh, don't say January. Somewhere Mika is going to hear this and she's going to say January. Um, Jan <laughs> underscore Dembowski. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a link. Um, yep. I'm also, you know, I spend a great deal of time in the uh, forums, WordPress, Slack channel. Um, you know, we use that for primarily administrative you know, like, hey, there's a spammer or, you know, somebody forgot to close a um, ordered list and it broke the formatting, stuff like that. But, you know, we do have weekly meetings and I try to attend. I don't always get to participate. But, um, yeah, you, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me in the forums channels. You can find me on the forums. Though you better have a support topic if you go there. Great. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. Really great to meet you and uh, hope to see you in person sometime. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.